This is The Topic is Trek, episode 129, for Friday, January 6th, 2023. Coming up in this episode, no news is good news. We wrap up season one of Prodigy, and we predict the future. All that and more right now on The Topic is Trek. Pride and Prodigy. Welcome to The Topic is Trek, the podcast that runs on impulse power. Join us for a journey where no show has gone before. If it has to do with Star Trek, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Sooner or later, because on this show, The Topic is Trek. Engage already! Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another thrill-packed episode of The Topic is Trek. I'm Clinton, one of your co-hosts, and to be a co-host, naturally, I have to have other hosts with me. So, beaming in to join me from Parts Unknown with the first hip new catchphrase, unless he's recycling something, for 2023... Here is Mr. Craig Step. Bite my shiny metal ass. That's the best I could do. Well, that's, I mean, okay, it's 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 sci-fi, but I don't know if we really want to hang our hat on that as our... It's not very grass. welcoming either. Uh, don't know about that. No, you no. don't want to hang your hat there. No, absolutely not. The reason it's called the top hat. And also is Mr. Chuck Tomasi. So the title of this show is Pride and Prodigy. Is this our Jane Austen or Austin Janeway or Janeway? Uh, yes, our Austin Janeway. Okay. Yes, there we go. Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> it's our episode written by Austin Janeway. Right. And happy 30th anniversary to Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Now how old yeah. do you feel? I know. Lots. I was like, you got to be kidding me. 30 years? We just went on the cruise and they were celebrating 25. What was that? Six months ago? Mm. <sighs> yeah, more like 60 months ago. Actually, um, I watched uh, Trials and Tribulations the other night, um, which was fun to watch again, uh, you know, because of Deep Space Nine, of course. And uh, yeah, they really, they really did knock it out of the park with that episode. Absolutely. Um, you know, everyone was doing their their tribute uh, episodes, and I think theirs was definitely the best of the bunch. Um, okay. We have a bit of sad news. Craig, do you want to um, tell us about this? Just uh, Yeah. Uh, apparently, this happened earlier in December. I was just reading this article about it, but it just came out four days. Uh, the one article I saw was just four days ago, but um, Judy Levitt, who's the wife of uh, Walter Koenig, uh, had passed away. Um, she was also in Star Trek. She was in, uh, she played several little characters over the years. Um, but yeah, she had passed away. I don't, I didn't see what had happened, but, um, I know he's, he's had a rough go of it the last few years. I know his son, uh, was his son was murdered. Was it was something terrible that happened to his son a while mm -hmm. back and I'm, they've had to deal with that. And now his wife. So, um, wish him all the best. I, I hate, I hate that. Indeed, indeed. Um, but on a hopefully more 
uh, a lighter note, uh, we want to announce that uh, we just uh, did an interview with Dr. Mohammed Noor, yes. who is a uh, occasional consultant to the Star Trek universe. And we're going to put that episode, that interview out next <laughs> week, next Friday. And, and a regular biologist. <laughs> occasional. Yeah, that too. Star yeah, that too. Uh, yeah. That's no, all. That's it, his day job. That's not the exciting part of it. Mm-hmm. No. Full time uh, nerd. Definitely. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. If you uh, hey, we had a good time talking with him, and um, I think it was a it was a lot of fun, and <laughs> some things were surprising. So, look forward to that next week. Absolutely, a lot, a lot of fun. All right, but enough of that. It's yeah, time to ch- <laughs> it's time to check. Well, we'll be hearing much more from uh, Doctor uh, Noor in um, just seven days when That's you right. put out that uh, interview. But right now, it's time, as it always is, to ask Charlie if it's okay to start subspace chatter. Charlie? You don't need all that subspace chatter. All right, Mm. fine. We're not going to do news this week. We're not going to do any subspace chatter. How about that? Whatever you say. (laughs) So apparently, we're all in agreement. There's no subspace chatter this, this week. Wow. Yes, we have so much else to cover that we're skipping subspace chatter. However, do have the full complement of stories. So there are at least 79 stories in the show notes over for episode 129. Exactly, Eric's at the topic is Trek. Oh, that. Got him off guard. <laughs> I was busy putting Eric back, Eric's back in his box. Here's Chuck yeah. getting all the sound effects. <laughs> Uh, And I say at least 79 stories because by the time the night's over, I may be slipping in a few more stories there. So at least 79 episodes that will keep you busy between now and our next regular episode or between now and our interview with Dr. Norm. We're going to have more stories in the Burj Khalifa. Hey, well, there should be a good bit coming because uh, Picard starts up, what, next month? Right. Well, it's interesting because... Uh, again, I always look at the number of stories I can find about the different series to kind of tell what's hot at the moment. Yeah. And okay. Picard is coming up. So you would expect we're going to have a lot of stuff about that in there. No, and we do. We have a lot of stories there, but prodigy is finally starting to have coverage. Now that the season is over, <laughs> uh, there is, there, there are a lot of stories in there um, about, prodigy and i think it's the case of until the season was over and we're going to talk about the last three episodes of prodigy in just a minute or two but until the season was over no one really was aware that this is kind of a backdoor sequel to voyager and it's really made for adults but kids can watch it you know (laughs) type series i think it was Uh, yeah or the other way around it was made for kids but adults can watch it yeah, well, I, I I'm which not turned sure. out to be the case. Well, it turned yeah. out to be the case either way. Yeah, actually, it's oh, a good we, it's a good show for anybody, really. Yeah, we also have a lot of um things about the uh the comic books and the graphic novels that are out right now because there's a bunch of things going on there, and a lot of things that have to do with miscellaneous what I call miscellaneous or or uh, franchise wide stories. So be sure to check out the notes because there is a lot in there, and we might talk about a few of these on the next episode as well, because there's a few things I do want to cover, but we will save them for next time. But 
you can get an advanced look at that by checking out all the stories in the show notes. All right. All right. I would still, however, because it is my favorite part of the show, I would still like to say goodbye, Charlie. I want to stay, 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 stay. There's no reason for you to stay, stay. (sighs) (laughs) Always feels so good. So good. He he must be working through some New Year's resolutions because he's more agreeable. Yeah, he's cheerful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his demeanor is much improved. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. All right. As we mentioned up front, we're about to head out on our main mission. Appropriate sound effect. Sure. And talk about the last three episodes of season one of Star Trek Prodigy. And I have to keep remembering to say Prodigy because I start to say Star Trek and Picard is coming out because that's what everybody's talking about at the moment. But Mm -hmm. Prodigy, last three episodes of Star Trek Prodigy. So there obviously will be spoilers if you have not seen those episodes. Let's begin where we should begin uh, with uh, this first one here. I'm going to have uh, Chuck, why don't you read our little uh, bit about the first? All right. One per person because there's three episodes. Well, I I lumped uh, last two together. Oh, boy. That's cheating. But okay, we'll take that. So. Season one, episode 18 is called Mind Walk, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson. The sisters Shauna and Julie serve as co-producer and staff writers on Prodigy. They have solo writing credits on six episodes of season one, as well as previous credits for work on various TV series, including The 100. I'm going to leave the reverb off for that one. Woo Assassins and Emma Approved. This was directed by Song Shin, who we discussed Sung Shin's directing credits in episode 127 over at the topic of track.com. Hey, I can do my own this time. Yeah, you did see yeah. that one. Come. Timing yeah. is much better when I do it myself. So here's the mission briefing. With the Dauntless upon them, the living construct aboard the Protostar takes the ship to warp. The Dauntless follows an ensign Ascensia, who we have learned is really a Volnikot. Oh, here, hang on. There you go, in case you haven't watched it yet. (laughs) She's a Volnikot known as the Vindicator. She suggests merging the two ships' warp bubbles to prevent the Protostar's escape. Is that a thing? I don't know. As the Dauntless begins firing on the Protostar's Zero and Dahl attempt to reach the Admiral telepathically. But the link suddenly snaps, placing Admiral Janeway and Dahl's consciousness in each other's Freaky Friday bodies. Yeah. The Admiral is quick to adapt to the situation. Dull, not so much. And his unfamiliarity with this type of strange occurrence threatens the lives of everyone on both ships. So, things we can talk about? Well, I like, um, by the way, I like Janeway trying to walk around or Jamie's body walking around with the heels, you know, kind of thing, uh, stumbling around because Dahl was in there. Yeah, that was. I have a note that it's interesting that they decided to do a, a you know so much comedy uh, this close to the season finale, given what happens uh, after yeah, this. Right. But I think it was kind of like let's have let's have a breather before we start to run and you can't catch your breath anymore. Uh, it, it was very, it was a lot of fun seeing that mm-hmm. when uh, Dal sits in the captain's chair and slides off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Oh, that was kind of funny. Or or says, you know, you know, we can see what they're doing, and then if not, pew pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what yeah. he's been saying on his own ship. Which ultimately <laughs> lands him in the brig because he's like mentally incompetent to serve as an admiral at this point. Right. Well, the same thing happened to Kirk, you know. So there you go. Um, mm-hmm. But I was right because we found out. I think we found this out in the ready room because I was wondering how. They so perfectly encapsulated each other's voices. Like when you were hearing Kate Mulgrew mm-hmm. do Brett Gray's lines, you're going, "That that is exactly what he would be saying." Well, yeah. they for a uh, a template to go by, not yeah, to say with the mannerisms, the vocal mannerisms, yeah, right. So they recorded each other's lines to say, "This is how I would interpret that line to be." So you had okay. so. Brett got uh, Kate Mulgrew's Admiral Janeway lines and vice versa. Now that's not the finished product. Obviously they then have to put their own personality in the two or there. They have to make it broader or. So what you're saying is they were like, um, they would listen to, uh, to how um, Kate Mulgrew would sound doing, doing those lines. And then he would kind of do them himself. Right. So he would, he would do his spin on it. And to me, that made sense because you would think, well, they should have a feel for now by how each other are doing the lines, yes. but they Maybe. aren't. Yeah. They've never seen the show when they're recording those lines. The show, yeah, is well, not yeah come when they out. were record, yeah, when they're recording right. this, they they would have had no common frame of reference, and they don't record together because mm-hmm. of you know various restrictions. That so make it tough. They they didn't have a strong enough sense solo to you know there's no there was no foundation yep. to build that on. So then they had a foundation. Oh, okay, okay. Um, you know, and you know, Kate might have said, "Well, I don't know if I can really, or that seems a little too over the top. Let me dial that back a little bit, or something." But yeah. you know, I think that they—that's why you get that sense, both physically with how inept Dal was, but also aided by the fact that they really seem to embody those other characters mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, they even had. Uh, Janeway had the kind of manner. I was joking about them him stumbling in the hallway. Like he didn't know how to walk in high heels. Well, she didn't have high heels, but some kind of heels. And then he was doing stuff like with his hands, like he would normally would have been doing himself, you know, try as he's trying to think or figure something out. He was doing all those kind of things in her body. Yeah. The animators had a lot of fun with it as much as the actors doing the voices. You know what? I would, I would almost say this was, that, they did this as as well as when um, uh, Spock had swapped bodies in Strange New Worlds. With right, I was I was going to mention that we've got a couple of things that are that are happening. I think this is I can't I don't think this is the first time this season of Prodigy where I've said another Trek series did this this year, but another Trek series did this this year with with Spock and Tapring. Uh, mm-hmm. They they obviously the setup was different, the resolution was different, and the implications were different. But it was interesting to have two body swaps, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's not a common thing we see in Star Trek. Now it's a trope. <laughs> well, we'll be talking more about tropes before the <laughs> evening is over. Well, I I thought I loved the the one. I, as a matter of fact, I just saw it the other day too. Um, the the mind swap and them going them going back and forth saying 
Captain Pike, Chris, Chris, yeah. Captain Pike. <laughs> <laughs> that was trying to keep it straight. That was funny. She got so familiar all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do we think about um, the diviners and his change of heart? Because he he goes into well, first of all, at the beginning of this episode, he has something in his hand, and he goes into the. Uh, the cabin and opens up the closet door as closet doors have louvered doors in the future. Um, But I don't know what his intent was in, in that moment. However, later in the episode, when doll for all intents and purposes is strapped onto the, the, the medical bed, he, he lets her go saying that, you know, he, he realizes that, you know, she's been nothing but respectful to him and she and she and the crew saved him and he wants her to go, you know, save his daughter. So very much a change of heart. First of all, what do you think he was going to be doing when he went to the quarters at the beginning of the episode? And what did you think about his change of heart? Was it deserved by what we've seen happen in the second half of the season? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, go ahead, Chuck. I'm going to jump to the change of heart thing. That one confused me a bit. He's been on this mission for how long? And this has been his mm-hmm. sole purpose in life. And and suddenly he has a change because someone was kind to him. I it, it wasn't wasn't his daughter kind to him earlier. I it just didn't it didn't seem to add up like suddenly he had this shift. Yeah. I agree. It was like um okay, that was convenient. That's what I was thinking, you know, towards the last two episodes, because there wasn't like something like he saw. I almost say, um, I know I'm comparing this to Star Wars, but when uh, Vader saw Luke standing up for him against the Emperor, it wasn't that kind of thing where it was epic enough for him to go start realizing, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here. Uh, it, there wasn't anything that that really stuck out that seemed like he should have changed his mind. So I, I thought it was a little, little convenient in the story writing department. Um, I looked at it this way, that he has this memory wipe or mm-hmm. block going on. So he only has a frame of reference to the Federation and Starfleet of what he's experiencing in the moment. Mm-hmm. And what he's experiencing in the moment is, are you okay? Everything all right? You know, we'll find your daughter. You know, don't worry about it. You know, we're going to, we're just going to disable the ship. We're not going to destroy the ship. And, you know, you know, all these things that are very much Federation and Starfleet principles to go by. And then he has to come to grips with that because he's reminded by the Vindicator. Mm-hmm that this is your mission. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And he's suddenly having trouble reconciling those two things because she is very much just, even though she's experienced the same things, but she's experienced the same things with Federation and Starfleet. Right. Without having a break. And he's essentially had a break. He's got to a point where it's like, I don't even know who I am. I don't know what's going on. And what I'm experiencing is this this environment and this environment is not one where, Oh, we got to, you know, get those aliens and, you know, do this and wipe out that. That is completely opposite to that. I thought he had a pretty much a total recall at that point. He remembered his mission. He remembered 
who he was and what they're doing. So, you know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. And then suddenly it's not. Uh, well, he, he remembered what the mission was certainly because you have that whole, uh, sequence in the previous episode, maybe be the one right before this one where Essencia is helping him remember the story of right. how the protos right. time travel, a hundred people went out. And, yep. Uh, type of thing. So he definitely remembers all that. And it wasn't at that point when he frees Janeway, he says he still has his mission to do. And I feel like he's not as hard on that mission, but he realizes that's what he's supposed to do because that's what is supposed to happen. But he's grateful to Janeway. So he says, you know, I'm going to free you because you show me nothing but kindness. And if something were to happen to me, and I think this was the other turning point for Take him. Take care of my daughter. Right. That yeah. he, it's not, not protect my progeny. Mm. It's, you know, take care of my daughter at that point. So he's kind of shifting his priorities in his head about what really the important things are. And because st- when he, they, they beam over as you know, we'll find out later and he's still intent on doing what he's doing, but he's kind of, he needs that one more tipping point that does come along to say, I, I'm not, no, I, this is not cool. This is not cool. Right. So I think it was, I think it was on a continuum, but I, I kind of wish that had been made a bit clearer yeah. in the last episode. Or two Especially for, you know, theoretically yeah. a kid's show. You know, are they going to be able to read into that? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause look, I'm having trouble trying to read into it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're much the target a, audience. Much a kid. Well, that's why I'm here. That's why I think we said this when it was first announced. Like, well, if the target audience is an eight-year-old mind, we're the audience. That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sign us up. They they pitch a little high for me, but uh, close enough. (laughs) Right. Uh, Another question is, it's been 400 years. Federation and Starfleet seem permanently hung up on the whole augments thing. And yeah. just, I don't know, it just seems like it's it's getting old for them. Well, I mean, consider, I'm, I'm sure you, you realize this, but consider we got two little augment stories going on in Strange New Worlds and yep. uh, in Prodigy. So as I said, these things are, yeah, other tropes it, are repeating here. It is a, yeah, it yeah. seems like a little much. You, you would think an augment, even, um, or, Anybody, well, if they applied to Starfleet, you would think they would have to, they would go through the same tests and vetting and everything like everything else. So yeah, their motives would be just as pure as anybody else's, right? Presumably so. And, you know, an augment can mean so many things. I mean, right. if you have some sort of emergency gene therapy, they go, oh, nope, you're out. I got my knee you're replaced. <laughs> nope. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. I, I broke my ankle and I got a little screw in there. Nope. Nope. You're out. Nope. Nope. You're out. You're out. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna take Dang. the other approach and I'm glad they're sticking to their guns, you know, right through DS9 and the whole Bashir thing. Mm. Oh so, yeah. You know, it's I I think if you're going to have a principle that you know Star Trek is notorious for changing their minds and you know, suddenly well, what happened to that rule? I mean, 
Just look at the Prime Directive and how many times that's been broken, let alone bent. Oh, once uh, or twice. You know, it's like, here's one we can stand by. Yep, it might be racist, but <laughs> so, uh, it, it, at least they're sticking to their guns on something. I was having a conversation with this about someone, and I said, I feel like augments have to be there just so Starfleet has um, a weak link. Like, it's utopia, except if you're an augment, then not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, that there there somehow has to be a, a class division somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's where they drew the line. Yeah, that's where I was getting to. You know, and based based on nothing that they did, based on something that somebody four hundred years ago did, or something that their parents did unknowingly, or, or, or well, knowingly but not recognizing the ramifications as the the child grew up. I don't know. Maybe maybe Khan's second go at it when he you know with Genesis said, nope, nope, nope. We're sticking to those guns. We, 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 we thought we were going to loosen up on it for a bit there for a couple of years, but then he came back. Nope, nope. That's it. Con nope. ruined it no for more. everyone. Stupid con. What about, I, well, uh, that's what we're going to call the topic as Trek get together. Stupid con. Yeah. Stupid, Stupid con. <laughs> well, I know, uh, con of course was a long time ago, but I wonder, you know, Lon, she's, his uh, descendant, does that not figure into augments also? Well, that's why she was arrested is because she withheld the fact that she was an augment. And again, proves my point. It's like, no, number, one, number one did. Not, number one got hauled oh, I'm away. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Um, or Una for. <laughs> yeah. For those that are keeping Una. score. <laughs> So, so was, yeah, she was, was arrested. Was... Uh, Lon, I was like, well, she was an augment, or she's a descendant of one. Does she's a descendant of one. Now, the, mm-hmm. if, the question is with the descendant is how far removed by that you know point right. are you that it's like, yeah, well, there's, you know, did did a DNA test. Oh, we need we need Doctor Nor all of a sudden. But um, <laughs> yeah, you, you uh, do, yeah, where's you that? <laughs> and you find maybe one or two genes that are turned off mm-hmm. that are the only remnants of, of that by that point. Cause that's what that's um 300 years, is it 200 years or 300 years. I mean, it's a long time. 200 years yeah. is going to be roughly eight to 10 generations. And after eight generations, you've got what one 128th of the original DNA in your system, which is totally insignificant. So, yes, we should have had this discussion with Dr. Noor. Get him back on the show. Yeah, that's right. So I think that that, that's how she's able to, yes, she's related, but as far as her genealogy goes within her cells, I'm not sure there'd be much there to work with. Yeah, I don't know. I was just throwing that out. I was just thinking to an extension, but yeah. But I mean, you, you know... Because my mind was going to the fact that uh, number one and Bashir and the other augments that come on board uh, Deep Space Nine in that uh, those couple of episodes that he you know I love that show what a bunch of misfits (laughs) but they weren't you know they they weren't out to 
conquer the world and, you know, do harm. Matter of fact, if I recall correctly, the augments actually helped in one of the episodes yep. that mm-hmm. this year. So, and, and number one has not done anything wrong. So it, it just kind of points out, it's a very bizarre guideline for everything. You know, it's like, yeah. absolutely not. You can't. No, you're out. If we find out, you're out. You know, just out, out, out. Yeah, I, I agree that they've taken a hard line approach on it. Maybe over-rotated. But... Yeah, what hey, by the way, yep. hey, by the way, uh, a little tangent um, uh, side point here. Did um, was, The bench uh, recognizes my... the sidebar. <laughs> yeah. There was is there not um uh was there not news this this week? I just saw it floating by that Alexander Siddig was coming back for uh, as Bashir in section thirty one. Is that right? Is that rumor or is that true? Boy, I've been I've been doing so many catching up on news stories, I haven't got up to present day. <laughs> so <laughs> well that I don't know either. Well, I see it on uh, a couple of the sites that are well if you see it on giant their... freaking robot, don't yeah, don't believe it to be I'm honest. not sure about that, but I think that was kind of speculation anyway that he was going to. So I thought, oh, that sounds reasonable, but I don't know if you had seen it anywhere else. Could be. Um, that'd be interesting because that would set it in a time that's not consistent with, well, Giorgio could go anywhere, I suppose. So, cause she just mm-hmm. steps through the, to the, the, the guardian yeah. forever. Goes, we don't know. I want to go in the TNG era. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back and save Edith Keeler. <laughs> was that bad of me sorry and then kirk kirk marries her retires and uh that was the end of <laughs> tos spock is stuck Breaking with his the... vacuum tubes <laughs> he's still trying I'm to make it dying work. over here <laughs> all right all right i'm sorry let's let's move along all right next question all right. What'd you say? all right so do we think that was a lot of ships to Nah, be there enough. to greet the protostar. I mean, I counted at least three dozen. Actually, I was starships. thinking, were that that many ships at Wolf Three Five Nine? Yeah, I, and this is a ship that. Okay, we know that it attacked. You know the the listening post of the the relay station. But aside from that, and they stole a starship. But it's a prototype prototype starship. It's not that big. Yeah. Why in the world do you need three dozen plus? And they don't know there's a weapon on board, or or did right? They, it, it, no, it was they still unknown they until know. they opened the you know, communications. Right. So they they have no idea of that. Um, you know, Janeway has not had a chance to get that message out. It, it just now, I don't know whether Asensia kind of played heavy handed with any message she might've relayed to Starfleet about the the threat. Look, when Jellicoe says I need ships there now, they all show up. When Jellicoe says you should wear a regulation uniform. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Troy. Troy there. (laughs) That's right. I don't know. Just to me, that was a lot. Um, And then of course, during the course of that last little bit, there was more showing up. Right. And that, um, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but I guess. But. Right. Um, so to, to me, it just seemed like, you know, I would expect to have, I don't know, you could have like five or six right. ships there and maybe. 
and you'd have you want them yeah. to be you want them to be if, if you if you consider that much of a threat you'd want them to be your heavy cruisers not just every ship in the fleet you know science yeah. vessels all here's a here's a freighter <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> The garbage that scale. That part for quadratriticalian is just like in the background. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> right. Pew, pew, pew. Right. All right. So that is, unless somebody has some, just do anybody have anything else they want to say about uh, Mindwalk? I've got like tons of fun moments and quotes. I, I love the fact that Murph uh, gives Dr. Nuana a, a Raspberry as if floating yeah. by each other. Yeah. I thought um I don't know. I, I thought the whole mind mind swap thing was really cool the way they did it. And they were trying to sort it out. Maybe I'm am I skipping into the next episode? Nope. nope they, that's... Yeah, where they, they started trying to sort it out and figure out how to get things straight. And when they did the mind swap, I thought, okay, this is a way to kind of resolve the story. Because we were I know Janeway was already getting the idea a little bit of kind of what's going on or something's not right. And then right, the mind swap, of course, yeah, they clued her in on everything. And so I thought, Oh, this is a great way to wrap it up. Um, but having to go outside the ship and touch each other, you know, I thought, wow, that's going to be have a- written it on the windows. Don't come in here. I was thinking, look, send out a little tube with a note in it, you know, you know, or something. I don't know. Yeah, write it on a banner. Fly a banner behind the ship. You know, like on a plane. You know, open up a window. <laughs> Janeway, marry me. What are they unfurling behind that ship? Oh, <laughs> you know, at, at know, warp. Just, they let it go for a second. It's just gone now. It's, it went out of warp all of a sudden. Yeah, I thought there were when they were at warp. I thought there were a couple of incredible things that you know, merging the warp bubbles was one of them, and then. Doing a spacewalk. Uh, uh, Ripping the warp bubbles warp. is not the first time it's happened. They merged warp bubbles on Enterprise. Oh, did they? Did they? Yep. Okay. They had a they um they 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 were they were in like a speed moment uh where the Enterprise couldn't drop below uh warp five or it would explode. So um oh, right. they were, Trip had to were, come back because he was on the Columbia. So they had to fly, you know, top to bottom. Oh, inside yeah. one warp field and he could then go on a tether line between they, the they, two ships. They pulled a top gun Maverick situation. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> top gun rather. Yeah. So that, that has happened before I went back and I oh, checked okay. and they refer to it obviously as the warp field, mm-hmm. not the warp bubble, but exact same thing. Phase pistol, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There we go. Oh, there uh, we go. Gary's happy. Enterprise <laughs> He's even wearing the uniform. <laughs> He's even wearing the uniform in the in his avatar. <laughs> That's right. Solar and what is Oh, and I did want to point out, I think my mm-hmm. favorite line of the entire episode amongst many one-liners in there was, as your doctor, I order you to drink this coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> I thought I thought of you when I heard that. That's right. All right. So let's rate this on. We're going to rate this on one to ten. Janeway cups of coffee. There we go. Hooray! Don't spit uh, them out. Don't spit them out. All right. <laughs> How does she drink this stuff? Yeah. Which that in uh, itself was also funny. So let yeah. You always spit takes are always good. Um, 
let's start with uh, Chuck on this one. All right. I'm going to give this one a solid eight. I liked how it moved the storyline along. I, I thought that, uh, yeah, there were a few confusing points like the Diviner's turn of of mission, opinion, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but overall, very enjoyable. Eight cups of coffee. All righty. <laughs> wow. And how about you, Craig? Uh, I pretty much echo what uh, Chuck said about the diviner and everything. So, um, I thought the humor was, was enough, uh, to kind of break it up. Like, as you mentioned earlier, so I'm going to give it an eight and a half cups of coffee. Mm -hmm. And I am also going to give it eight and a half. I felt like it borderlined being too much. It, it walked the line, but I think it, I think I had I had to keep that's a, this is an episode where I had to keep in mind it's a show designed at a younger audience mm -hmm. that it's not too over the top for a younger audience. Right. I think at one but point they like the raspberry or I think they had fart jokes or something in one of the episodes or poop jokes. So <laughs> yeah, always always fun. And the, the, when the slime <laughs> came down though, that's when I was you know I drew the line at slime because that was Murph. Oh yes. yeah, that's Murph. Uh, who, who is who is extremely stretchy, by the way? But even Murph has a limit. Apparently, you can't yes. go beyond that limit. Right. Uh, so I am also going to give it eight and a half cups of Janeway coffee. All right. All right. So we're going to move on to our finale, and I'm lumping them together as parts one and parts two. So there's a lot in here. Uh, Craig, why don't I read um, the part with the credits and you can do the mission briefing? Sure. Sound Go ahead. Good? Yep. Okay. So this is Star Trek Prodigy Supernova parts one and two, which is, of course is season one, episodes 19 and 20. Part one was written by Aaron McNamara. Aaron McNamara has served as a writer's assistant on season one of Prodigy. This is her first solo writing credit. And part two was written by the Hagemans, Kevin and Dan. The Hageman brothers are co-creators of Star Trek Prodigy. Their previous work includes the screenplays for Troll Hunters, Rise of the Titans, The Crudes, A New Age, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, as well as TV series including Ninjago, Masters of Spinjitzu, among others. This is their fifth individually credited script for the series. Directed by Andrew L. Schmidt and Ben Hibben, we discussed Andrew Schmidt's directing credits in episode 127, but a lot of credits was given in episode mm. 127. No kidding. Among other projects, Ben Hibben's work includes the three-minute sequence in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 entitled The Tale of the Three Brothers. He serves as an executive co-executive producer on Star Trek Prodigy. These two episodes represent his third and fourth times directing Prodigy. All right. And the mission briefing is the living construct has brought the protostar to the heart of the Federation space where it finds its, uh, itself surrounded by dozens, say only dozens, Clinton, of Starfleet vessels. Hundreds. Janeway, yeah. I can't believe I traveled millions of miles. <laughs> hundreds. Hundreds. hundreds of miles. <laughs> there were tens of ships. Anyway, the Janeway knows about the threat hiding on board the protostar. However, Dow's actions while in her body that's set for a second have forced dr noam I kept trying to rewrite that and noam, i couldn't do any better than that <laughs> yeah I mean. dr noam 
uh, to deem her medically unfit for command and landed her into the brig. Admiral Admiral Jellico orders the Dauntless to get a boarding party onto the Protostar, not knowing that it is exactly what Essentia and the Vindicator wants. But all hope is not lost as Zero has managed to hotwire some bridge controls, allowing the Protostar to maneuver away from phaser fire. And on board the Dauntless, the brig security uh, guard, a former... uh, uh, Brenari. Brenari. Yeah, I don't know why it's based on that. You can get the Brenari cabinet at Ikea, by the way. Stop that. That's right. Uh, Releases the Admiral from her holding cell. Which I think that was a nice touch, by the way. Mm. Well, this was a series. This was a couple of episodes full of... uh, The first part was full of... Oh, good. They're going to save things. Oh, things are looking bad. Oh, good. They're going to save things. Oh, things are looking bad. Oh... When we got to the end of part one and we've, we've had our final, Oh, it looks like things are going to be better because you know, the diviner is, is turning and then the diviner is killed and they send the message out. Did you think the message was going to get out and what happened after that was going to happen? You know, honestly, did you really, did you, in your gut, did you think that that, signal was going to get out and this this whole I, fight was going to begin i felt like that uh they were going to figure out a way to not or neutralize it or fake it out where it would it would think it was contacting the ships and not do it you know i thought they would figure out something um before it actually did any damage i thought it'd get out but i didn't expect a firefight to ensue immediately i thought it would like go through and shut down all the computers and cause chaos at you know some more some a more a more you know subconscious level if you will rather than all out firefight because you know immediately if you want to show machines are bad you turn all the leds red so yep. you know all the, yeah, all, the windows, windows, all, all the windows all the windows it's like suddenly all yeah everybody's room light turned red going oh dear yeah. this can't be yeah, good that was funny yeah yeah well, presumably that's the 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 entire ship is just on red alert at that point which is why the windows turned red but yeah it was just funny because you could see it well they did that as a visual cue, so you knew right. that something was going on. Trope. This one good, trope. this one trope. bad. Trope. And, trope. Trope. and as they were working through all of the their their uh, scenarios to try and do something about this, you know, I kept thinking, those ships were still shooting each other out in the space. It seemed like it took a long time to resolve yeah, that. The, kind of the casual conversation that they're having on the Protostar Bridge, which yeah. is all <laughs> clear... And so every direction they look in, they just see Federation yeah. ships firing at well, each other. But, but we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nobody was shut firing on the Protostar, which wasn't that the source of the problem? So maybe yeah, the living gonna, construct has the, a self-protect mechanism or something. Right. I have a feeling that was the deal that the construct yeah. says, yeah, I'm not going to let you blow me up. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep doing my thing. And yeah, but what you're ex- right. That conversation lasted a, what it seemed like. 40 minutes and the ships are still they could have said they didn't say we should sleep on it and you know reconvene in the morning (laughs) yeah yeah. i had too much coffee today and i'm kind of nervous and i don't know i just you know let's get together after (laughs) after breakfast tomorrow morning we got a new one to add to um the the wikipedia of star trek's a slippery dipsy doodle (laughs) yes 
That's great. Just call it something else. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it definitely looked like gravity was involved. Speaking of gravity, we got to see what a gravity mine was. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And we got to learn that Jenkin Pog is apparently extremely dense. <laughs> well, we because, knew that. Well, Rock Talk, a brick car landed on top of him and he just went, oof. <laughs> And I, I was thinking, that's the last person you want being pulled down by gravity on top of you. Right. You know, oh, what's this puddle underneath Rock Talk? Oh, that used to be Jenkin Pog. Oh, sorry. How how did Essentia slash Vindicator know Janeway's history so well? She was having that um, conversation and mentioned, you know, well, you saved the Devore people. And we're like, hmm. Or, you know, you lied to the Devore people. And then set them free. Like that was a very no, no, no. no. That that was that was that was the security guard. That was the Bernari in security that said, "Oh, I know, I know about your past. You did this thing." And then she says, "And I'm." I was oh, one of those. okay, okay. I I got yeah. those two mixed up then. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, she I... would know a lot about Janeway. I mean, however long she's been in Starfleet, and she's been serving with Janeway, or so had access to the database. Yeah. Yeah, she she accessed all the records, Starfleet records, you know, troop strengths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just there's no password on it anymore. They just yeah, we know it's gonna happen. So Spock walks up with two hands the computer. <laughs> a double fist. <laughs> That's the password, that is a double fist hit. <laughs> Thank you, Spock. The superior yeah. intellect. There we go. Um yeah, I was I was taken by surprise. And as I rewatched the episode, I felt the same way that, I mean, I knew what was coming this time around, but you know, well, if we do this, that will help. And then that gets cut off at the knees by something. And then something yeah. else happens and it just, Oh, you know, Janeway knows about it. And I thought, okay, why did not Janeway do an emergency teleport to the bridge? And I finally figured out why she didn't. My guess is because the computer system would say you're in the brig. I, I can't transport you out of the brig, oh, even though it would yeah. identify with someplace else. It's still like you've been assigned to the brig kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So it's like, why some would sort I of protocol that says nobody transports out of the brig bar none. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Michael Burnham couldn't get out of it. But, but even so, I mean, she's, you know, okay, she's free. She's going to get to the bridge. She's going to like give some message that, that stalls that will, you know, give them that moment to do it. And she's just that late getting yeah. to the bridge. No. Relay <laughs> that hailing order. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. Um, I did think. You have it listed here. I was thinking about this too. I thought it was a little weird that she was, that they were trying to convince the Klingons to help out. It's like of all races, the Klingons, but right. And, uh, I wrote down, uh, what, uh, Gwen says, what the thought was like, this is a better speech than, oh, yeah. than Janeway gives at the end. She says, because in the infinite of space, everyone needs to know that there's a place out there willing to accept us all, no matter how different we are think we are without starfleet the federation crumbles and that dream dies with it 
You know, so I thought it was yeah, a nice so, speech. It yeah, it was. It was one of the better ones and had, yeah. you know, meaning beyond just that situation, of course. I just thought it was funny that the Klingons were the ones that she was reaching out to or had to. Well, but... I think, and I think that was deliberate, right? Because you figured the Klingons get the message and it's like, either they're not going to respond at all to what she's asking mm-hmm. or they're going to go, oh, excellent. Let's yeah. go in and finish them off. Yeah. Oh, great. I got in touch with the brain. <laughs> what are you saying? I can't I translate that. <laughs> <laughs> Take off the helmet for crying out loud. None of the Klingons uh, said it's a good day to die, though. That's no. right. No, they were on a rescue mission, so they, they couldn't do that. Yeah. And we got to see a lot of ships in that fleet that was firing, including... The Cerritos. No, this I don't think the Cerritos was there. <laughs> they turned the tail and turned ran. Away. They would have turned away and left. <laughs> yeah, right. it was like <laughs> nice fight. Too bad we can't stay. Yeah, that's going to be the uh, intro of next season. I <laughs> hope so. I hope so. so. All the Starfleet ships are firing at each other. Nobody's firing on the cube, and the Cerrito hightails it. Yeah, I'm there. surprised we didn't see Okona again. Right. Okay. I mean, I thought that was a setup that Okona was going to come back. You know, like, at this point as well, because maybe like again, that, either that's so unceremoniously just bye bye. You know, I'm leaving. I'm out. Or, or at least, hey, look, look who I brought and brought some help. You know, that wasn't yeah. Starfleet ships. You uh, know, of or course, something that would that would be too much of a harken to the ending of Prodigy. <laughs> he just, uh, he of, just, of lower decks. He had a DJ he just, gig to get to. All right, that's yeah, right. He just no a Ren Fair. He was like a some character from the Ren- Renaissance Festival. That's what so, it looked like. That's what I this thought. brings up that that um, two of the other tropes that um, current Trek seems to be going through. Um, one of them is every season, and I think Discovery is the only one that's out on this. Every season seems to end with a giant fleet of ships. No, we had it at the end of season one and season two of Picard. Yeah, we've had it at least. Um, we had one at the end of the season of Lower Decks, we have this one here in Prodigy, and it's coupled with at the very last second when all seems lost out of nowhere comes a ship to get between you know, it's that, it's that um, first contact thing where the Enterprise zooms in and, and takes the phaser fire. You have that with the Klingon ship in here. You've had it with the Titan. There, there always seems to be that last minute to the point where you can start to predict, okay, I think next season, you know, making our predictions, next season, one of the shows will do a trope where this will happen. I, I think they've all been effective up to this point. I'm just nervous about them continuing to do it. Yeah, yeah. Wait for the ships. Wait for the ships. <laughs> hey, I like all the commentary on your uh, on your comment there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, Bob. Yep. Yep. So, Next. I no. don't know how closely you looked at all the ships that did show up, but I did. We obviously saw Defiant. Yep. Um, but there, I was trying to uh, go back Somebody and look says at some the of the e ships is in there as well. The Enterprise E. I think I think it was, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but there were some other ships that looked familiar. Well, you know, a lot of the designs look familiar, but they just got different names on. I, I was, I was trying to figure out what I was in there, but obviously defiant was 
shooting other ships. Um, but yeah, I think their E was in there. Um, and lots of classes uh, of ships, you know. Um, yeah, right. From all over the place. The it wasn't the I don't think it was the Hagemans, but somebody said that when questioned about, well, you know, should this ship be there and that ship be there? And they said, quite honestly, we just saw it as one big like Easter egg for the fans about what ships were showing up in there and you know throw them all in. We didn't really well, I mean, if they you know, like um, you know, TOS Enterprise show up, I'm going, what's that doing there? But you know, aside from that, right? I think they just felt like, hey, let's where you know all the ships are going to come up here. They're all going to blow up anyway. So the Phoenix you know. putters on by. <laughs> <laughs> right. We don't have get, communications with those ships. We're fine. <laughs> well, that could only go warp warp one, so that it would show up at the very end. Hey, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> I like to run. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sputnik coming up to the last. <laughs> <laughs> Save us, uh, Leica. It got real dark in there as well when they realized that, wait a minute, the Federation ships keep showing up. Why are they still showing up here? Because every ship that gets damaged sends out a distress call. Right. Another ship comes along, so it's, it's pretty much going to wipe out every But if you send out a distress call, wouldn't it be infected at that point of origin and start firing on, you know, whatever Starfleet stuff is around. Why does it have to come to the party to start turning red and firing? Well, I noticed that when I think it had to be in, firing, uh, they had this little, like uh, um, you would see the, the construct and then an image of a ship, like it was targeting, okay, this ship now needs to be infected. And yeah, it, it, it made it feel like they wrote the worst virus in the world. Like it only had Bluetooth it was a range Bluetooth virus. Yeah, that that's, to, that's what I was thinking. It's like, this is proximity. This is the worst virus anyone's ever written because it, it has a limited range and it can only affect you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that whatever ship was communicated to as a, in a distress call sense, when they wouldn't get infected until it got close enough. So that was the whole thing was it was asking ships to come when they would come, then it would be close enough to be infected. And then they would start attacking each other. Didn't seem like but, a very yeah. effective way to do it. Right. No. To, to, to Chuck's point, if that's the strategy and the sole strategy of how you uh, replicate, well, you, you don't really replicate the vi- virus. You just infect right. um, a line of sight that at a certain point, You'll have ships that are too distant and can't answer the call or, you know, the Federation and Starfleet start to go, hold on a second. We haven't heard back from any of these ships. I think we need to hold Don't back right. send them the here. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't oh, seem yeah. like it would be very complete unless it was self-replicable. Right. But it does uh, bring up the point that no matter when it ended, that was the decimation of a lot of Starfleet vessels. So, yes, you know, that's going to hurt. Starfleet's in pretty rough shape at this point. And I'm trying to remember is there's like three years difference between them is, and the chat may be able to help me out with this as well is prodigy or lower decks. Like I can't remember which order they're in there within three years of each other. I think Hmm. that, and I can't remember which one is which. Well, that sounds lo- that sounds logical. 
Um, because Discovery's so way, way out you, here, uh, Strange New Worlds way in the past. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I think like you know, Picard, Lower Decks, and Prodigy are, are all within twenty years of each yeah. other in right. there. Um, and and those two shows are very close because I'm thinking, depending on oh right, I think it was Lower Decks is three years before Prodigy. So you could, in theory, have a California-class ship, I suppose, in that fight Mm -hmm. because the California-class is just a workhorse-class. We don't know how, at least I don't know offhand, when it got, you know, into service. But they're only good for second contact. So after the battle happened, then they'll show I see. They're just kind of like, oh, we got to clean up all this debris here. We're ready to go talk to the Valnikot now. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's what happened. That's what (laughs) happened. They screwed (laughs) it up. It had nothing to do with Protostar and Chakotay. It was all on Boimler. (laughs) Oh, well, dear old Boimler. Hey, Valnikot, you've been boimed. So the Uh, ending, so the ending, you know, one month later. Yes. Oh, well, first, we didn't talk about the destruction of the protostar, spreading it across light years. And once again, did cool. you see that? Did you see that coming? I did, did not. I thought that was way? a very innovative way, if somewhat tough to swallow at first. Like, okay, so you got an explosion at warp, and it somehow makes this nebula or supernova. Uh, okay, because well, it's a protostar. Wor- yeah, I mean they they exploded it. They said they were timing it to the point where the supernova would ignite at the same point it reached its warp. So that the idea that it was just going to travel in that same line and dispel its energy, you know, linear and not in a wide area in one space. Did you get choked up when Janeway sacrificed herself? Yeah, we got to find out the limits of what you can fit on an isolinear chip as well. (laughs) I, I got her right here. You got Janeway. Oh, you got two disc, you know, chip one and chip two of Janeway. Yeah. Wait, I got half of Janeway too. I got the expansion pack. (laughs) Let me reinstall her. Insert disc number one. These are only the number two. These are only the four gigaquad isolinear chips, not the thirty twos. If we'd gotten thirty twos from Amazon Prime Day, we could have fit her all on there. Who needs to? Uh, Those will be in next Tuesday. So (laughs) take care of that. (laughs) Bill Gates was quoted as saying, "Who needs two giga quads?" Right? (laughs) Who needs more? See this in Janeway? Is that that was who was doing that? I see. I see. Very time. Yeah, it was. um, I was not expecting it. I I said to myself after the Zora thing, I I, uh, messaged you guys, going, "Well, I guess we know why it's not called, you know, Star Trek Protostar." Because there's no protostar after the end of season one. So Prodigy works a bit better in that case. Yep. So I I thought they would figure something out, but it would mean that they would not get to Starfleet by doing whatever they would do they needed to do. But you know, they just did getting out of there, you know. They did all except one and not the one we expected. Right. That was a twist as well. Yeah, I, I I liked that actually. It made sense, and I'm wondering if that how early she would have been thinking about that because 
you know, she realizes that she's in a time period where the the planet still exists, and maybe she should be the one doing this instead of what her father had in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, even from the get go. Uh, that so I don't know how long ago she realized. No, I can't just go into Starfleet. I've got to go home. And they give her a name, the Unifier, because everybody has a nickname on that planet. That's, that's oh, uh, we got to come up with nicknames on this show. Yes. <laughs> no, you don't want. I got one for you, Chuck, but you don't want to hear it. Hey now, hey now, oh, family hey friendly now. show. Yeah, well, let's talk about those catchphrases at the beginning. <laughs> all right yeah. you two i'm gonna have to separate you on this this uh, yeah, chat right. hey i put him in the brig yeah, if you don't behave i'll put you in separate quarters zero got a new body which looked very like alt verse you know not, nice very and ap- white and clean no, i thought it looked very apple like yeah yeah or hell looked like hell <laughs> sure. one of the one of the pods look like one of the Early IMAX, you know, with the, uh, <laughs> the circle, yeah, girl, <laughs> or Eva or something from Wally. Yeah, <laughs> I was also thinking she looked a bit like um, Glados from Portal. Yes, absolutely. Yep, so, sure did. Many, many things. And we're left many with things. the closing line from Janeway. Oh, I have much bigger plans for you, yeah. or for us. That's what it was. So. Yeah, it kind of leads us into what do you think will happen for season two? Is that a prediction or is it that we're probably not going to see any more Prodigy would, in 2023? We can know, put that in predictions for next year. Yeah, so I, I, if you if you think where it might be headed, I would throw that into your predictions. Yeah, so hold that one. Like hold that, that one. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, roll, I, let's, let's go ahead and... Uh, re- I'm sorry, what were you going to... I was just going to say, how many meeting halls does Starfleet HQ have? I swear, every time we go to Starfleet, it's like a different giant room there. Yeah, yeah they're all just, they just, they just got a whole building of waiting rooms. Where you have to look <laughs> up at the, you know, the judicial panel or whatever it is. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got to look up for with respect. All right. So who wants to give the rating system for this episode? This, these two episodes. Once these two episodes together? Yeah. When I'll to, go. When to um, Proto Stars? What, what yeah. are we rating sure. it on? Yeah, let's do yeah, it we'll do proto, for, stars. proto Stars in, uh, you know. one out. No, I can't. That Long the, live the Proto Star. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to say uh, for this episode, I thought they wrapped it up really well, although they kind of stretched it out a little bit, I think. And some, you know, like we were talking about them discussing stuff while the ships were still attacking each other a little too long. Um, little fight scenes and a lot of huggy kissy you know, let's make up kind of stuff. <coughs> Excuse me, but I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a uh, a nine because I think they wrapped it up pretty well in a nice little bow. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna give it a nine point five proto stars Whoa. because they did things that I just really did not think they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. not think that that message was going to get out to Starfleet. I did not think we were going to see so much destruction of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. I did not think that They're, they were going to get, blow up the get to Starfleet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How they got to, how they got to Starfleet HQ was kind of a mystery. It's like, apparently all the ships have been destroyed. Cause they could just, you know, go right into the bay and, and say hello to the whales before they get picked up off of uh, 
their escape pod. But so I just felt like they did a lot of things that I really did not expect them to do. As I said, I really liked in a good that, way, right? Yeah, I I mm-hmm. like I really like that speech that uh, that Gwen gave uh, to the Klingons yeah. about yeah. why should we help you. Um, I, I I liked it more than Janeway's speech, even though I liked Janeway's speech. So I I really I think it, in spite of everything that happens in this episode, they somehow managed to turn it at the end to make it seem kind of uplifting. So that's a neat one to pull off in in a two parter like this. So I definitely rate it extremely highly because of that. Why would you what not you? give it a ten? What where was that last half point? Uh, ten is perfection, and and I feel like there were some flaws in it, like the things we talked about, like how did the shuttlecraft just end up in the bay? Um, you know, various just like little. I had a problem with the number of ships that show up. So I have to well, know, that, okay. give them a yeah. ship to show up, then we go from there, you know. How that poor works. San Francisco Bay. It's like everything happens there. They landed uh, on top of Nero's <laughs> drill. That was never picked up. We've been trying yeah. to get that bill passed for decades. <laughs> and yet, and yet, the Golden Gate Bridge is still there. So. Covered with solar panels. Yeah. Although it, it, it gets, I think the Golden Gate Bridge gets destroyed, once again, in Enterprise. Several times. Yeah. So I think, but it's. Now put together very strongly, so won't come yeah. apart again. It's kaiju proof, <laughs> right? All right. So those are our ratings on those. If you I didn't, I didn't rate, it. but I'll give it a nine five anyway. There you go. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. No. Same. Same here. There were a few little quirks, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, badly written virus, probably being my. That's where my half point went, but nine and a half also. Right. Okay. All right. And overall, a uh, good season. Wait, we, we could we could offer our services as technical oh. consultants if they need something like that again. That's not how you'd write a virus. Right. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'll something get the Clint- he- Hegemans on the I'm sure they'll be very receptive to that idea. And something Clinton that you you mentioned and you don't have it listed here at all <laughs> is we did get to see uh Dr. McDonald. We did. We did. Yeah, I do have it in in my in my notes, that's right. Uh, Doctor Aaron was speaking to Rock Talk near the end, talking about um, biology and you know specific, not her specific field, which I thought was interesting. But um, yeah, that was very surprising. And um, I mentioned that right after the episode. Uh, I watched the episode, but I was mentioning to to Chuck and Craig, and I had to be really cryptic about it. Going, did anybody notice a <laughs> strange Easter egg uh, kind of yeah. thing going on in there? That's so cool. Well, I was too. I was honestly too busy trying to pay attention to what the characters were doing. Yes, you know, uh, and I was, and I didn't think about it. And then I went, wait, she did look familiar. Uh, once you said something, I went, I had to go back and look. Went, dang it. I'm surprised I didn't pick that up because it did. Well, one of the reasons it stood out to me is because the first time you see her, and this gets to a point about the season overall and a gripe about the season, but understandable. And hopefully they can work some more on this. She has, she's facing the camera, if you will. She's facing, you know, towards the viewer, very prominent in the front. And the action is going on behind her for a second. And her face not only looked like Dr. Aaron, but it was not the standard prodigy background character face. 
Mm-hmm. She's got, you know, red hair oh. and, yeah. you know, and defined features. So that stood out to me immediately when I went, wait, wait a minute, is that? And then when she talked, I realized it was her. But the reason I bring that up is the reason it was so easy to spot is you, they have, I think, like six character <laughs> models for just every generic character. The True. same person who was an Enterprisean is also the person in uniform who, uh, the Vulcan in uniform who stops uh, Ad, Admiral when uh, you know Janeway comes out of her quarters and says, oh, you're needed on the bridge, is the same character as the one who is now a Vulcan in a blue uniform rather than the red one, given the briefing yeah. about the, <laughs> right. that's like, they, so I think that's a function of time and budget. So and technically, can she cosplay herself now? Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to call her out on that and say, get to the cruise. You got to cosplay yourself. That's right. <laughs> and you go, ah, not really feeling yeah. it. it doesn't, I, doesn't I just did that yesterday. So I, I was making a right. video and I was wearing the same thing I am on one of our prominent web pages for our upcoming conference and say, Chuck. What do you all dress up for? I said, I'm cosplaying that guy on the knowledge conference page. And one guy says, not quite there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a picture of me. <laughs> it's a picture of He's me. Right. Work in progress. Right. I said, I'm working on the tie. <laughs> That's right. All right. I think we need to move along. Yeah, okay. we are. We are running along on this one and we still got to do our predictions. Right. Hey, and, that, exactly. and that hurts coming from me. Wow. <laughs> all right. So we're going we're going to start off There's there's your new nickname prediction. blah blah blah. Right. That's right. Uh we're going to look at the uh predictions we made last year for this year. That's what we're going to start off and see how we did on that and then we're going to boldly go once again into doing this. So I will start off and last year I think I did well the previous time we did the reviews I did really well. This time I did really bad. So my first prediction was it will be announced that Mary Chifo will have a recurring role as Laurel in Strange New Worlds, which I'm still hoping will happen, but yeah. did not happen uh, last year. Uh, Gray, and this is on Discovery, Gray will become Discovery's ship's counselor. Did not happen! We will get casting news on the new Star Trek movie. Did not happen! However, we will see Captain April in Strange New Worlds did. <laughs> uh, cute little triple from me. The All least right. offensive sound effect I could find on a moment's notice. All right. right. So let's look at Craig's. For 2022, you predicted Eric's will appear as an officer on Strange New Worlds. Still hoping for that. <laughs> That's, exactly. I'm going to say that's a slight carryover because I'm still looking forward to that. And the, Yeah, well, I still want Mary to be in uh, Strange mm-hmm. New Worlds. Uh, we will see Worf on Picard Season 2 and possibly Robert Picardo. Well, I was close. <laughs> We're going to see him in Season 3. Yeah, I had one of those too. <laughs> yeah. DNA is tied to the ev- evolved form of V'ger last seen at the end of Star Trek The Motion Picture. Hey, that would have been cool. If they did that, but yeah, ain't that nice, but it's wrong. And (laughs) when you did get is we will see Kyle on strange new worlds. Yes. So that was, and I thought that was, 
a very because and he's all mean. the characters, you know. That Lieutenant Cal is mean. <laughs> so one one for Clinton, one for Craig. Yeah. Right. So I completely, you know, blew it this. And year. that's but, it. Thank you. Good night. Have a good night. <laughs> Keep him now, coming. Here's, Here's 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 lowball Chuck with his no I'm sorry. Um, Patrick Chuck. Stewart will appear in some Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, Picard season two will not involve a familiar. Oh wait a minute, that, you you had that one wrong. I said would would involve one. That's wrong for you. Oh, I you don't get that one. Oh, oh you. I was I was counting the check marks. Ah, <laughs> uh, we didn't do as well as I thought. So. Uh, it did involve time travel and the mirror universe ish <laughs> yeah. type of thing. So, all right. But you did get when the source of the DMA is located, Cleveland Booker will try to attack it. No longer able to control his anger. Absolutely. Oh. On that one. Well, he had help too. Somebody stood uh, you did not get, um, we will see Jordy LaForge in season two. of. Picard. I was close. Was so close. So yeah. cl- we got to see him in teasers. Before season three came, <laughs> yeah. and we will we will learn what species Dal RL belongs to. Well, it's plural, but close enough. Yeah. Twenty-seven was it? Twenty-seven of them. Species yeah. is, is, is twenty-six. Twenty-six different 26. species. All right. All righty. So now we're going to go on for this year. Um, I so that's two. I win. Okay, yes. let's hear. Let's hear. Let's go around the table. All right, so we'll we'll go in this order that I have last year's, and so I say, first off, this is my big one. This will be the last season of Discovery. That's my Ooh. first prediction. Mm. This will also be the last season of Picard. <laughs> oh man, no, no, you can't. No, do no, that. Lo, no, you, that one's off you the can't table. Do that. Denied. All right, here's my first one. I think we will hear an announcement for a Wharf show. Okay, that's been hinted around, so that's a good that's, that's a good one. That's that's been they've been pitched and pitched and pitched. I'm sure it's going to happen. Okay, and what about you, Chuck? Your first Strange New Worlds. We will see some TOS characters like Scotty McCoy or somebody like that appear. I know we saw okay. Kyle, but we're going to get more of that. They're going to. I think uh, that there's going to be some teased a little bit. We heard the Scotty's voice. Did we? I didn't hear it. We did. We did Strange during the world. alternate timeline at one point i'm in the, the bloody jeffrey bathroom it's no. pretty much it. it's pretty much it. <laughs> he was in the jeffrey's tube and he's handing out the, the wrench um well my second prediction is i don't know i can go with the different one since that one is the same as one of mine so i'm i'm gonna i'll take that one off just because i don't want to have a bunch of them the same so we'll get rid of that one uh there will be no word at all on the next star trek theatrical movie Nothing. There'll be radio silence for this entire year. Wow, that's bold. Okay. Well, my prediction was we'll have a new new Star Trek movie on the horizon. Not including the current cast. Okay, so not set in the Kelvin universe. Uh, Well, I'm not saying that, but we want it'll be a different. Well, maybe a reboot or. Different okay. crew or uh, Voyagers coming back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, not maybe. Gonna pine, we're not gonna see the pine crew, is what I'm gonna say. Okay, fair enough. How about you, Chuck? Uh, for discovery, Burnham won't serve her full sentence, and I'm gonna put a two parter on here. She'll find another love interest. 
Uh, do you mean book? Uh, I'm, she's going to dump book or get lonely without him and and fall for somebody what else. What sentence is she serving? Yeah, what sentence? Book is the one who got arrested. No, Probably. she got she got hauled off, didn't she? No, I mean she did at the end of season one, but um, <laughs> there she didn't the, serve that. No, at, okay, actually, not at the end of season one. At the end of the okay, second so, episode of season one, I, I yeah. thought. No, she she's on board. Discovery all, book gets now. book gets taken off. Um, oh, maybe serve. I had that wrong. I okay. Then then change this to book won't serve his full sentence. And okay, we can't I change predictions on the fly. Because <laughs> I, I wrote like, it wrong. Let's just say that. Yeah, okay. uh, you right. were still confused when we pointed out to you. I'm getting but, an assist on and, that. And and okay, book won't serve his full sentence, and Burnham is going to dump him anyway. Wow, harsh man, just harsh. <laughs> all right i put down this is a a low ball one that i'll throw in there we will get word on the next trek series to go into rotation on paramount plus not saying anything in particular i know that uh you know craig mentioned a the wharf series but i'm saying we're just going to get we know that there's stuff in development but we haven't heard boo out of anybody about what that thing is so there's no guarantee yeah. this coming next I, year no. but i figure with card ending that's a great time to yeah not not a prediction it. per se but i have a feeling that section 31 is going to be the next one they're going to announce okay so uh do is you it, have another yes prediction? oh i've got several uh okay. so uh we will see this is kind of in the vein of what chuck was just saying but we will see mud on strange new worlds like Rain Wilson one. mud. Right. Well, Roger C. Carmel would be really hard to pull off. Uh, <laughs> pull up. Wow. Well, yes, they really, they really good. They, they got him back. No, uh, yeah, They've I done think, stuff uh, like that, mud. though. Somebody older comes back as a different character. Um. Well, he would be. I mean, he's the right age to be that character at that point. Uh, you know, Rain is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a tough one to pull off because you can't have spock there you can't have i mean if you want to you know stay true to the premise although the gorn kind of threw that off to at this point but um maybe they're off at they a should, conference because yeah because they shouldn't know i mean they should they would yeah. know when he shows up that it's that, I, oh look it's harry mudd how you doing harry you know yeah i have a feeling he's going to be on there just okay, interesting, interesting. So I wrote this one on Monday the 26th, and then it came true on the 29th when the final episode of Prodigy comes. <laughs> Did I get this? Right. Do I get a point for this already? I said they're going to make an exception to the augment rule for Dahl. But they didn't really. So you would have got it he's wrong. He's in. They, he's in Starfleet. He's he's like a, he's, he's, a war, he's an intern. He's a, war, <laughs> he's a <yeah>. intern. <laughs> he's a contractor. I mean, she, she kind of Janeway kind of goes out of her way to kind of dance around whether or not they're under his wing. Fleet. He's gonna get in. All right, then I'm gonna stick by it. I'm gonna say there's gonna be an exception to the augment rule for doll. Okay, that's that's that works. There you and go. and what was it? Uh, I have a note here that says pushed off to 2024. Like they said, Prodigy, the next season will be available later in 23, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm hoping don't they don't how, do another split season. I don't see how it could happen unless, well, they did say that they were working on season one for a very long time. At least Dr. North yeah, said. Yeah, they've been working on season two like already. Two and a half years. Okay, so 
I'm, yeah, I'm, I think they're already done recording all the all the audio. For okay. It. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep going around the table. All right, Clinton, you got right. Um, I have. I've got a couple more here. Uh, we will see or have mention of Doctor Roger Corby on Strange New Worlds, as we know that's a love interest for Nurse Chapel, mm-hmm. and Ooh. I think we're going to tease. We're going to find out how that relationship was going. Get an origin story. Yeah. Might be a might be a flashback. I don't know, but we'll. I think we're gonna get something. Where, chicka, where, where? Oh yeah. All right. How about you, All Greg? Right. All right. Somehow, not sure where we will see some of the characters from Prodigy in real life. Kind of like they're doing with Lower Decks. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. So, in do you want to coaching you on your prediction? Do you want to? <laughs> Coaching. Do you want to have it be in real life or just a crossover, which would also allow you to do lower decks? Yeah, you could go. I, I was going to say something about the other direction. We're going to. That's see up to some... you. I just was wondering. Um, let's do a crossover. I guess. Um, okay. I was just think. I was thinking. Well, just like. Well, no, no. You want to stick I with think, it? Okay. I no, think just like we're seeing lower decks come become. Real, actually, we're going to see the. I think we. Well, that's a crossover too, because uh, they're you're going to see Pike animated. That's yep. what they said. So right, um, which yeah, I think okay. I think Anson let that slip out by mistake that that's going to happen. All right, I'm going to say crossover. I'll say crossover then, because uh, somehow it's going to be they're either back and forth. Yeah, it'll be crossover. Yeah, I mean, it it just gives you more options mm-hmm. in that case. All right, Chuck. Anything I have a else? note next to Prodigy that just says how to predict the unpredictable. <laughs> that, that, that show just doesn't, it's too hard to make predictions for me because you could throw right. anything at it. Um, yeah. the, the last one I have agrees sort of with one of your earlier ones, Clinton. It says, movies, more delays for Star Trek Four. So you, you said we will hear absolutely nothing. I said, well, if we do hear something, it's going to be more delays. Alrighty, I I got a lot of Strange New Worlds in here, but I think it's the last one for Strange New Worlds. We will see, or have mention of, because Kirk is in this, of Gary Mitchell. Ooh. So, you know, the callback to where no man has gone before. The, uh, yeah. the Didn't they go to the Academy thing. together? Uh, They did a lot of things together. You know, I think they probably went on bar crawls together and so forth. So, What about Finnegan? Yeah. Uh. I was going to say Finnegan, but first of all, I don't think you want to be doing that character in 2023. So probably not. They have a Me Too uprising or something. Uh, Yeah. All right. I have a wild, I have a wild card one here. Okay. Edward from the short tracks will return. Ooh. (laughs) King of the Tribbles. Surrounded by a bunch of Tribbles. (laughs) Yeah. Wearing his underwear. uh, He became a Tribble. Yeah, yeah. King of the Tribbles. They're all meat, like kind of like a scallop. Mm. Now I think Edward's going to return. Just probably not, but that's just a wild card. Okay, no, that's good. Uh, Chuck, you got any more in there? I'm out. Okay, I've got Voyager A will appear on Prodigy. Is that not what we saw at the end of the episode? No, what we saw at the end of the episode was the rollout of a protostar. A protostar. 
in the line. Oh, another but person. I don't, As I said, they made I it a pro, they made a protostar was... class, but they they didn't divulge the name of that ship, did they? Yeah, no, yeah. But they walk away from that. Yeah. Ship and Jamie says, and that's oh, what I've she got said. I got bigger, bigger plans for us. <laughs> and really, the protostar is a. I mean, it's it's a good size for a small crew, but that's not the mission that Janeway's leading. So I don't, I I imagine there's more people on the vessel for this, this mission that they're going on. There's a deleted scene where uh, Dal goes, that's our ship. The deleted scene is no, no, no. It's the one right beside it. Yeah. Not it's like the Hertz commercial. Not exactly. Her, her mission her mission is their take we're we're, we're we're gonna take a stop over at the sarlacc pit <laughs> okay uh i got one more but you get any more right. craig no i'm out I'm, I'm okay out. and my last one is barclay will appear in picard that's pretty bold i thought i'd said that at one point. we've, no, we've been saying that not. for years <laughs> no i mean not in uh not in these predictions but I thought I said that at one point. Okay, but I'm with you on that. I think he's going to show up. No, right, we so we've been asking gonna... when they announced like who's going to show up on Picard. Like when they announced the show was even going to be a thing, we're like, who's going to be on there? Let's bring back Reg Dwight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring back yeah. the Bonars. Let's bring back the Bonars. <laughs> That's like in episode sixteen <laughs> through fifty on this show. <laughs> if you see an episode titled one zero zero one 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 one, you know, oh look, they are back. Um, I, I, if Barclay isn't back, I, I would get it because of all the characters he really kind of had a end story in Voyager. Mm-hmm. But I just have a feeling he's going to be back anyway. Yeah, I just have this feeling. Or Matt Frewer's character. Who from... better to deal with Moriarty than someone who has an obsession with the holodeck? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he could he could build a copper coil out of a steel and get rid of him. <laughs> he just wants to shake Moriarty's hand. <laughs> All right, those are our predictions. We will find out at the end of this year whether or not we did any better than other years. We've never gotten hey. a hundred. And if you've got predictions, send them yes, over. The, we'll, we'll, we'll read them out next year. We, we absolutely will. We'll, we'll jot yeah. them down and keep track of them and we will find out how you did, but you can't give us a prediction in November. Uh, you know, it's got to be in January. Here's, here's yeah. hoping we all make it to the finish line. There's a month window to, uh, you know, until Picard, Comes out on the sixteenth of February. You got that till then to uh, get some predictions in. Right, and at a certain point, if we start to see trailers, more trailers for Picard, and your prediction is something in the trailer, all bets are off. And then you send us your prediction. Uh, well, so be honest with fairness, yourself. Above all, we're not giving we're not giving away anything. So <laughs> we're not. We're not. Yeah, yeah. you're disqualified. If you want from to predict prizes. the episodes of Star Trek and Paramount Plus, you go right ahead. There right. You go. <laughs> That's right. That is all. All all that said, it's time to refill the dilithium chamber and to warp on out of here. You can find me. Thank God. I mean, uh, thank what? He's a a host of the show. Thank Shakari. Why does God need a (laughs) podcast? 
And remember to check those show notes because lots and lots of stories in there. Yeah. You can find me, Clinton, at Comedy Forecast, all one word, with the number four, dot com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook and MeWe and Twitter and Post and um, Mastodon and basically any grain of sand in the desert. So there you uh, go. On the internet. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you can find Chuck and I over at Technorama and you can search for Technorama podcast on Google and you'll find us wherever you can get your fine podcasts from and our website and, and the Technorama. We're listed with fine podcasts. Website. We're in the wrong category. Yeah. Well, oh, we get a bit of, a little bit of love. Aww. On the show. Thank you. And don't forget, you can find us in the Technorama Swiss science museum. <laughs> next door, next door to Zurich. Mm. Next door to the bathrooms. In the museum. Long story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hit the theme, boys. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about it and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter at The Topic is Trek. Visit our Facebook page or visit thetopicistrek.com. Until next time, on behalf of Chuck, Craig, and myself, I'm Clinton, thanking you for listening. And as we always say here on The Topic is Trek, don't, don't put on, on the red, red shirt. shirt. Oh, oh, I didn't have the show notes up. Don't put on the red shirt. Sorry, you're still on mute, Craig. <laughs> predict more of this in 2023 <laughs> not much more <laughs>